Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 2 of Bull City Soccer Show. I'm your host, Zach Leishner, and I know this episode is coming off later in the season. Uh, life has gotten the way a little bit of what I wanted to do. But we have had some soccer these past few weeks, and I want to go ahead and kind of review what the how the season has gone so far and kind of preview the next few games that we have coming up. So looking back, game number one of the season, Tobacco Road took on Carolina Dynamo in Greensboro. And for that game, it was going to be very tough to kind of give everyone some solid feedback since I wasn't able to make that match. And Greensboro did not scream that game, which is hard on us fans who, you know, want to see what this team is going to be like the first game. And we were unable to get a stream for that. So relying on tweets and some stats that came out a few days later is very tough to, you know, come out with some good information. So I wanted to put together a solid podcast for everyone. And I decided to wait on it a little bit. But... Let's go ahead and dive into this first game. So the end result, for anyone who doesn't know, Tobacco Run, Tobacco Road won 2-0 over the Dynamo. And for the Dynamo, it's very interesting because two years ago, they had a very solid squad and finished the season very high in the rankings and actually made it to the Open Cup the following year. Even though they got knocked out by uh, North Carolina FC, um, Last year was not that good of a match for them, and or not last year wasn't that very good of a season for them. The finishing at the bottom of the table, and so this year, you must have thought that things were going to be different from the get go, and it seems like they just haven't figured it out yet. And I don't know what it is. Looking at their roster, they have a lot of solid players, and it's just interesting to see what is going on with them. But we're here to talk about Tobacco Road FC, and. The team actually looked pretty good. Coming off, you know, we were wondering who all is going to be at this game, who's available. And we put out a solid squad. We put out a lot of new names that weren't mentioned in my two articles that I wrote, um, talking about all the player releases coming out, you know, prior to the season. But looking at the match, Tafwada had both goals for this game. And looking at the roster you you didn't necessarily know who the goals were going to come from and it seemed like we went and attacked this uh, dynamo team very good and taf wada has snuck into the pdl's top 50 prospects i believe twice so far this season so expect him to score a lot of goals this season for the club and for his uh, upcoming season at carolina Another stat that caught my eye was that Tobacco Road only used 14 players this match, and that includes goalkeeper Ryan Cretans, who played all 90 minutes. But the Carolina Dynamo played 14 players, which includes their goalkeeper. But looking ahead at the uh, North Carolina FC U23 match, Tobacco Road played a lot more guys that match compared to this first one. So it's interesting to see the number of players that are getting minutes and the number of players that both teams are playing because Carolina Dynamo seemed to have made a lot of late changes. Um, they had 17 total players who played, and it 
looking at the players who had the minutes, they had one player with 25, a player with 16, 9, 4. A lot of guys came in very late into that match, whereas Tobacco Road, it seemed to be a little more spread out and not as late as well. Now, looking at the Tobacco Road NCFC U23 match, I was able to make it. Um, that was Tobacco Road's first home game of the season at the lovely uh, Durham County Memorial Stadium. And I always love going to that stadium. It, it, it feels it's a great environment there. Uh, I thought it was a good turnout. Uh, the weather beforehand was it didn't look to be in our favor. And um, being on the field prior to the match, uh, I think it was about 10 minutes to go. Uh, we got a good mist coming in, but it was sunny, and it, it did start to get really dark. And it, it didn't look good from a weather standpoint of we might not be able to get this match in, and scheduling with the PDL is very tough with Open Cup matches, the short season, hoping to get all the games before playoffs, you know, traveling on the road. And luckily, we were able to get this match in and able to start the game on time. But... The game was really, really interesting to me because the both teams started off seemed pretty. The game was pretty balanced, and I was wondering, ah, oh, this is going to end up being a low-scoring match. I thought, based on the first 20 minutes or so, I was thinking, you know, both teams are making solid passes. Everyone looks, you know, really solid and in shape, and we didn't seem to have attacked as much at first when. I believe it was in the 20th to 21st minute or so, uh, NCFC actually came down and um, had a solid shot on goal, and Creedence made an excellent save and was able to deflect the ball. Uh, I believe it was with his hip. He might have got his hand on it. From my angle, it was hard to tell. But the ball was able to just deflect off of him but had a bad roll, bad roll in the opposite direction that rolled up to the, uh, up to the line, but then... Uh, Tobacco Road defender came in and kicked it away at last second, which wasn't um, a defensive error, but I thought that the NCFC attacker came in and made a very solid play to get a shot on goal, and that almost resulted in an early 1-0 lead for them. And I felt like if that goal actually just went in instead of Cretans deflecting it, that the match could have ended in a, a very different way than how it did come out. But luckily, Tobacco Road was able to, you know, take advantage of NCFC's defensive mistakes. And I didn't think that they were going to do that that much. I thought they had a lot of leadership with uh, their goalkeeper, George Marks, who actually uh, is signed with the first team on a college deal, which you don't see that much of in the USL. But I figured this was his um, U23 debut, that he was going to come out very strong. And... I saw that with him starting a goal, I was like, ah, you know, he's going to make some he's going to make some great saves and he's going to be a leader in the back end. One of the great things about these PDL games is, at least for our club, that there wasn't that many people there making noise constantly that you can't hear the players out on the pitch talking, but you can for our matches and you could definitely hear George Marks back there, you know, telling the players where they need to go, which is really cool to see from a young goalkeeper. But in the 29th minute of the match, uh, Eli Garner was actually able to um, get the ball off a nice pass, um, and he was able to take it down, and he put a nice one past George Marks. And after that, I felt like 
the momentum kind of shifted a whole lot in Tobacco Road's favor, which uh, was important for the rest of the match when they were able to um, score off of uh, uh, NCFC's mistakes. Now for the interview that I have with for you guys today, it is with Zach, Eben, and Paul of Brightleaf Battalion. And they're the main three honchos in charge of the supporters group for Tobacco Road FC. And if you hear some giggling or some laughter or some some uh, talking in the background, it is probably Zach's daughter. We uh, were able to record in Zach's office at his work, and he had to bring his daughter along with him. And uh, she was watching a movie <laughs> under the table next to us. So if you do hear any... Uh, any uh any background sound it is is probably going to be her so we apologize for that uh we wanted to get the the best quality podcast out there for y'all and um we were lucky to use zach's office but if you guys do hear anything it is just his daughter in the background so let's get to the interview Hey everyone, I am here live with uh, the guys from Brightleaf Battalion. So, uh, tell me how y'all got this thing going. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, basically uh, found out that the Tobacco Road FC was forming as a team. Um, and uh, we spent the first season uh, kind of all attending some games. Some of us found out about it halfway through the season yeah. um but just uh, going to the games didn't have really any interaction during it and spent that whole season being really excited that there was a team here in durham uh, but there was no organization from a crowd standpoint um, when it came to supporting the team during the games and also um, kind of off the field as well um, fast forward to the off season probably january of 2017 um, and uh, just started kind of um, looking on uh, on social media, and a, uh, a a Twitter account popped up called Barra Bull City, and uh, that launched a, a search for who was the owner of Barra Bull City. Um, and amongst that that in the in that search, we started reaching out, emailing, and just some connections were formed, and we were asking questions and. Uh, this was all kind of also going along with um, parallel with American Outlaws, the Durham chapter, um, and we all ended up at a table together um, talking about American Outlaws, and in the midst of that conversation realized that it was the same group of people that was talking about American Outlaws that had been trying to, uh, were kind of talking about um, Tobacco Road FC as well and trying to form some sort of su supporters group for that. Um, and so that was where the, the organization kind of started. Um, and then uh, uh, we were emailing back and forth, and uh, I was working here at the Y at the front desk uh, one day, and then I was about to have a meeting with a dude named Evan, and I was standing at the front desk, and all of a sudden Evan walked into the Y and handed me his keys, and I checked him in, and he goes, oh, you're Zach. I said, oh, you're Evan. And he's like, we're meeting next week. Let's talk about Tobacco Road. Then we just started going from there and such. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> this is the third year of the club, right? And so how is it that 
there are so many teams here in the Carolinas, and how important is that as a supporters group to have all your teams just right here in the two states? Um, I think it's awesome. It's a really kind of a unique thing that we have here as far as having a lower division um, conference that's so condensed where we have all these teams that are basically rivals of each other that are all within a short drive distance, and especially this year where the uh, division was basically pared down to just the Carolina teams. We lost Wilmington, which was too bad, but we, um, we uh, dropped off all the Tennessee and Georgia teams, so we didn't even play anyway, and it didn't even make sense mm. like last year where we were behind the standings behind whoever, Nashville. Yeah, all these the teams Nashville that team. literally we didn't even play. And, um, you know, we're playing Charlotte and Myrtle Beach and NCFC two and three times, which to me were like the best teams along with us last year. And then we couldn't even pass in the standings as other teams that didn't even play us. Mm -hmm. So that said, um, I think it's awesome that now we've kind of pared it down to just the Carolina teams plus Lions Bridge in, uh, in Virginia. And it's a really unique situation. It's, it's I don't know how many other places around the country have something exactly like this. I know like the NPSL, the Michigan Conference is really cool where they have a lot of well-supported um, clubs that are all in close proximity to each other. But I think it's awesome now because we've already developed really um, good rivalries with, with Charlotte, obviously with NCFC because they're so close. We have the Dynamo right down the road. Um, and so it's all these teams within a within an easy drive that kind of make it, make it a unique uh, fan experience and also kind of just add to the natural built-in rivalries where you have these teams that are so close to each other. So I think that definitely helps from a, from a fan support um, aspect where you, you know, you can root against these other cities. So going off of how many teams are here in the conference, um, <laughs> um, with already having two clubs joining the conference next year, already announced with Wake FC and Discoveries SC, how important is that that we're still getting clubs here in an already pretty crowded region. Um, I, I think it's a good thing because it's, you know, a still s local soccer. And that was one of the things I liked about the uh, interview you did, you did with Cedric. He's like, you know, one of the things he said I enjoy about this is this local rivalries. Well, that's fun for us too. You know, it's fun for me personally when, um, you know, I post something on Twitter, you know, I, I, I followed NCFC when they were Railhawks, and, you know, I'd post about them here and there, nobody cared, but, like, now I might post something about Tobacco Road FC, and, like, the Carolina Dynamo account will like it, and I also like, so I like that there's a rivalry, but it's also sort of, like, camaraderie at the same time, you know, they're just down the road, or, you know, just down Myrtle Beach or something, so it's, like, you know, I, I went to an SEC college, and for me, it feels like that same atmosphere of, it's, like, you know, an old Irish neighborhood where you fight with each other all the time, but you all have mm -hmm. each other's backs in the same way. And I, I think Wake FC and uh, uh, more clubs, the more the merrier. That's what yeah, I think. I feel like there's still even more room. I mean, we got the yeah. Wake County coming in. I mean, hopefully Wilmington will come back at some point in the future, but there's definitely other cities that could support a, a lower division team in, in this state and we keep building it. I think also the... The, the opportunity for clubs to form is is what is so cool mm -hmm. and i think any you know any community be it a small community large community but any community that kind of can bring that passion together to form a club that is more power to them and that just creates it builds the culture builds the community of soccer and as 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 guys were saying that it is being able to interact with with the dynamo being able to interact with with ncfcu 23s um and and get to know some of those people we're all 
passionate about the same thing. Um, the mm-hmm. only difference is we are that we come from different communities, and so the the ability to to represent our communities, um, both on the soccer field and off the soccer field, in the stands, uh, but to all be passionate about the game um, and what the game does and how it brings people together. I think more more clubs bring more people into that and just continue to grow it as a community. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> It'd also so, be cooler to have a longer season. <laughs> that that would be. Yeah. But I think that's one of the main struggles with yeah. these summer leagues is that there's only so much time you can get, especially with the college players. Yeah, semi-pros, college stuff. Mm-hmm. So last year, y'all tried some new things. Y'all did smoke for the last game. So what are some goals this year as a supporters group that y'all have? Uh, more smoke. More, <laughs> more smoke. more smoke. More smoke. More in growing. The the whole idea with, with Brightleaf Battalion was to create a, a connection point uh, for fans, for supporters of the club, um, to be able to, to come out to the games and to know that there's there's a community there um, that is very supportive of the team, that is very excited about the team, and that um, so for just for was that that didn't exist that first season, and so we wanted to to create that and have a venue and sort of a, a vessel for people to, to be a part of it. Um, I think we're. Our our drum section uh, evolves from game to game depending on what instruments are there. So definitely yeah. to grow the drum section, uh, we are bringing bringing back the the bass drum again this year. Um, our you know our our flag collection, our 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 cheers, our songs, just everything. It is a constantly evolving thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the greatest thing about that is it it evolves from from within and from the people that come and bring their own uh, uniqueness. To and such so it is we just want to want it to keep growing want to to keep getting to meet people and keep um introducing people to to brightleaf and into tobacco road and mm-hmm. and provide an opportunity to come out and support a, a bull city team um and uh in these local rivalries mm-hmm. so for someone who's never been to a game this year what can you how would you explain what tobacco road is to them Tobacco Road to the specific to the team mm-hmm. to to someone who's never heard of Tobacco Road or Brightly for the PDL. A great time, to me, is the best short answer. I mean, because you're seeing, you know, I think one of the most exciting things I saw this year, and I don't know which level he got drafted into, but one of the guys from the Carolina Dynamo got drafted into the Chicago Fire. Mm-hmm. I don't know where in that chain he is, but it's kind of cool to think. Oh, wow, I saw a guy who you know maybe he'll be playing in MLS someday or something like that. So I enjoyed the idea of watching, I think we all do enjoy the idea of watching people who are still kind of building their skill, finding their feet, finding their style of play, um, things like that. Um, I also, um, it's just, like I said, it's just a fun time too. It's, you know, people screaming, people yelling. I also enjoy the, the feel of a minor league game. There was one point in one game last year where a ref made a call that I thought was bad, and I, I yelled, hey, ref, what game were you watching? And he actually made eye contact and gave me a dirty look, and I <laughs> thought that was so great. You don't get those moments, and mm-hmm. you know, even in a bigger market USL game, you're just not going to have those kind of fun moments. So, mm-hmm. it's, I would say it's, it's minor league soccer for sure. I mean, it's fourth division or whatever, but the, the level of play is, is high, mm-hmm. um, and I think some people don't expect that from an uh, American lower division uh, soccer league, but there's definitely there's good players, especially in our division. We have a you know a reputation as being the toughest division in the in the league, and I think the the, the quality of play really reflects that. And um, it's fun 
just to come out and support a team that represents Durham, that represents this city, and that has ties to the city. I mean, we have the, the owner and coach who came up through local high school soccer here and went to Duke here. We have players that have gone to high school in Durham, um, players that, that go to college here, Duke, Carolina, um, that kind of thing. So it's fun to support a, a team that it truly is local and, and does represent this city. I think also the, you know, the we were talking a little bit about the season being so short. It is 14 games in over a 10-week period. Mm-hmm. It's, 10 a week. it's an intense 10 weeks, and, and it's intense – just by nature of how the how it is set up, but you think about what what goes into it. It is these players from these local colleges that have played their season, coming off. They're either moving back if they're from Durham, they're moving back to town, and they're taking this opportunity and they're throwing themselves into this experience, into mm-hmm. this team. And I think every every season you have all of these different ingredients kind of get mixed into this one thing, and then you've got ten weeks to make it work and to figure it out. And that's for watching the games. You, you don't you don't know what's going to happen, and, mm-hmm. and you get to see those moments happen on the field. You get to see teams come together on the field, um, and you get to see that happen between the fans um, and players as well. In, in that experience, it, it is all, um, it's all being created literally game by game and moment by moment as you go. And it and no one knows what's going to happen. No one knows what necessarily to expect. Um, I think the great thing about it is it's it's Durham's team, um, and it is the Bull City going out and you know meeting at Durham County Memorial Stadium and and creating creating these moments and these seasons game after game. Um, so it's just it's a great thing to be a part of. It's a ton of fun. It's this completely accessible and open thing, um, and the players are uh, have bought into it. Uh, Brightleaf has certainly bought into it, and we you know we just want more people to to come out and be a part of it and bring their uniqueness to it. Hmm. So one of the hashtags or slogans this year for the club is the for the community, by the community. So how, for y'all, what is it like to have two players that were from this county and this area who played for the club last year and got drafted and then now start for Nashville and Rio Grande Valley? So how important is that for young kids in the community to, to look at those guys that played for Tobacco Road, then now we're playing in USL? I think it kind of it goes back to the question earlier about the, the amount of clubs that are popping up. You know, uh, access and the opportunity. I think opportunity is the word. Um, and I think, you know, anyone in the U.S. grow up, you know, you grow up playing YMCA soccer, playing, you know, youth soccer and such, and you get an opportunity up to an extent, and then those opportunities really dwindle. And I think the great thing that the PDL is doing and just sort of grassroots soccer and about in itself right now across the country is providing opportunity. So for players right now that are growing up in Durham to know that they've got a team here in Durham that they would have the ability to represent, to walk out on the field, wear a jersey that has the Durham flag on the sleeve, that has the mm-hmm. Durham flag represented in the logo and such, um, and to represent your city and your hometown on the field and then have the ability that knowing that scouts are coming to those games um, and that, you know, the PDL being path to pro. I think that's what Seth and Sajak were talking about with being for the community, from the community. Um, mm-hmm. that this is really, that's part of a continuation of that path um, of being uh, for the community, coming from the community, and then having that opportunity to go pro um, beyond that. Well, and, and I also think that, <laughs> I also think that something like that is, um, it's not just great for Durham, but it's great for not just national, but international 
reputation. Like Americans kind of have this reputation of soccer being, you know, a, a, a kind of a bougie game. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, well, that's for wealthy people who can afford leagues. And I think not only is it good for uh, a team like Tobacco Road to go ahead and work on building grassroots soccer in the community, that kind of sends an outward message to anybody else who's, you know, willing to look in on a team this small. It's like, hey, no, we're actually working on building grassroots soccer. This is about more than just, you know, pay-to-play leagues and things like that. So, yeah, so what do y'all think the game will, how do y'all think the game's going to go tonight since it's going to be posted afterwards, but how do y'all think it's going to go from looking at our roster and trying to break down how good we look on paper and how do you think the team will mesh together tonight? 10-0 Tobacco Road. 10-0. <laughs> <Ten zero. laughs> Not really. No, I, hopefully. I, th I think our roster is strong this year. I mean, it's hard to say because in the PDL there's so much roster turnover year to year. But from mm -hmm. the, the, you know, just looking over who the guys we have coming back plus the new guys, um, I think our roster looks really strong and, and you know, it's definitely going to be competitive. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say until we start playing some of these games. But um, um, I'm, I'm confident that Tobacco Road is going to finish towards the top of the table, if not at the top of the table, and certainly finish higher than they did last year. Um, but uh, at the same time, I hope they continue to play, you know, the style of soccer that's fun to watch, high scoring. They were one of the higher scoring teams in the division last year. And I know, you know, like a lot of high pressing, a lot of goals. It's fun to watch. You know, defense is sometimes a little shaky, but that's okay. You know, if we, uh, if we shore that up a little bit, I think we can finish near the top of the table for sure. Yeah, because for me, looking on paper, it's kind of like Cincinnati, how they brought in so much good talent at the beginning of the year, and then they started off pretty slow, but now they're kind of hitting their stride of they're winning games, but with PDL, you don't have that much time yeah. to, yeah. I guess, the first three games, they're all really important, because then you only have so many left. So looking at the roster... Um, Drawing the blank now. Um, well, I was just gonna say I think, you know, I, this is the third round, third time through for Seth and Cedric, and mm -hmm. you know, it's for some of their coaching staff. So they've they've had an opportunity. They know the cycles. They know what to expect, kind of in the rhythm of the PDL season. Mm -hmm. um, and they know that you know, at right at the beginning of the season, you've got players, you know, graduating, just getting done with finals, all kind of coming in. So I think they've been able to create an environment that's both you know welcoming to those players but at the same time there's an understanding of we've got a game in a week and mm -hmm. um, it's go time right now and such so they've certainly they've been through the cycles of you know hitting those first three games and then having to make up from that or being in a really good spot uh, so I, I really think that the leadership that Cedric um, can provide as a coach and then Seth just from a um, organizational standpoint of having gone through this cycle I think that they'll be ready to go and 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 the They'll have a, a an environment that's ready to welcome players in and get them up to speed. And knowing that, you know, the the team aspect of this is is so vital, and that's um, bringing them together. And I, having getting that for the community from the community out, you know, that having that mantra, mantra of just being this is what this is about. This is our path, um, so players can can jump right into that. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. It. Get it, get it going tonight. They've been, you know. Played to the Dynamo several times. They know the stadium. They know what it's like there. And I think mm -hmm. um, we'll get it started.
I will so, say the Dynamo is probably going to be a little bit better than they were last season. Was a big disappointment for them. And they I thought that I thought that was really odd table. that they finished um, so low, comparing two seasons ago yeah. and then looking last year. I thought that was kind of a they're, a floppy year for they're them. They're traditionally a pretty strong program, and they definitely took a dip last year. And I expect them to be better, but. I also expect us to be better, so hoping for a win. But like Zach said, I mean, what do they have, like two practices or something full before the first game? So you don't want to take take away too much from the first match, but um, I definitely think uh, it'll be a good one with Tobacco Road to win. So looking at the roster, who are you all most excited to watch this year? I think, I mean, there's there's so many new players. Um, you know, excited about some of the, the Carolina guys coming in. Carolina's had a great success. They just won the... Uh, the inaugural spring college mm-hmm. uh, attorney. Uh, so, you know, having that influence, excited for the guys that we've had for a few years. Um, the, you know, the Ibra and Joaquin and um, players that have been a part of this team since it started and excited to see the leadership that they can provide um, and as they welcome in new players and get them kind of assimilated to, to Tobacco Road. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot. It's been a great thing. I really appreciate that the team is put out on Facebook and on social media every time they've added players so we've got a little bit of a chance to get to mm-hmm. know them. Um, but I think that, you know, there's a lot of lot of really good talent coming in, and I'm looking forward to getting to know them, um, the, their playing styles on the field as we go through the season. Is John Bay coming back? I don't know. That's, That's a dude. great question. That's a great question. <laughs> I was told that he was. Yeah? But then it hasn't been announced, so I was yeah. a little... Maybe it's going to be a late entry, but... Yeah, and that's the other thing. There was, I mean, we added players you know, halfway through the season last mm-hmm. year that had, a, you know, the, uh, Alan Wynn, um, Niels, a huge impact on the team. Yeah, um, And true. so it is, again, it go, it's, that, it's a 10-week, I'm not sure how many exact weeks, but, you know, 14 games, and you don't know what's going to happen. It's mm-hmm. part of the, the draw for come out and see, come out to the games and be a part of it because it is... As new players come in, um, as the team starts to gel and such, it is uh, you're literally getting to watch it happen week by mm-hmm. week um, and getting to be a part of it. So what do you all think about the new jerseys this year? I, I love it. I think that the Tobacco Road's jersey game has been strong from the very start. Mm-hmm. I think that you cannot go wrong with just the bold sort of black and white um, jerseys. Their, their logo has always been I love the new crest. Um, incorporating the flag and the bowl and they've, all kinds they've of done an awesome job of tying themselves into the city of Durham mm-hmm. and that's been mm-hmm. reflected in their jerseys like last year where you had the stars from the Durham flag superimposed behind the letters and this year where you have the, stri- the, the red and yellow stripe from the Durham flag on the front of the uh, white jersey and then you have the actual Durham flags on the back of one on the sleeve of one um, and the crest which incorporates the stars from the flag and the stripe and I think that's been a really cool thing to be someone like myself I'm born and raised from Durham and it's cool to have a team that is that takes such pride in being from the city and representing this city um and I love the jerseys so I hope hopefully that that continues Mm -hmm. I know there are a lot of questions with the with the red and yellow stripe yeah so if you're from Durham you get it immediately yeah Yeah. like you see that and I understand like people from not from here don't immediately get it but that's the that's the reason that uh they that that those colors are there but yeah like Zach was saying they keep it clean though black and white colors you know you can't go wrong with that well and I think the other thing is just tying that Durham flag in is such a smart move because you know first week you live in Durham you start to recognize that flag and become such an Mm -hmm. iconic symbol and I've you know 
for me especially, and I've lived other places in the Triangle, there's no place like Durham. I feel like people are happier to be here. They've got more pride in the city. That It's more, even people I know who just moved here, it's like, yeah, I live down in Cary, but I like coming up to Durham better. It's just, it's just a fun, great place to be, and I love that they're incorporating UMIS symbols, even though I wasn't in a red and yellow stripe. But I got it, and I liked it. You know, I was like, okay, cool. So How dare you? <laughs> it's fine. Just thought like ketchup and mustard is all. Awesome. But it's good. It's it's good for them to make those ties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So will y'all be tailgating this year before your games? We will. So uh, um, <coughs> we've always had the. It'd be very easy to find us. We always have the tent uh, in the parking lot. We've got uh, speaking of the German flag. We've got the German flag attached mm -hmm. to that tent. Um, you'll be able to see it. We've got our Brightleaf Battalion flag will be attached to that tent. We've got the Pride flag attached to that tent. Um, just uh, so we make it as easy as possible to find us in the parking lot. Um, this year we'll most likely be a little bit closer to the stadium than we've been in the past, um, right by the food trucks and such. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll be, uh, you know, yeah, we'll definitely be there pregame. Um, usually, I think, at least by 6 o'clock, if not a little bit earlier, depending on work schedules and such. Um, but yeah, please come out. We love to we're, just to. Yeah, I'll say we're like an open, inclusive group. There's no like membership. Just come, come by. Um, we'll have a drink or something to eat for you. Um, and you can, you're welcome to cheer with us. You don't have to, but you're welcome to, to, to definitely tailgate with us regardless. Um, we're, we're happy to have anybody come by, hang out. Um, you know, we'll, we can give you a, some, some magnets, sell you a scarf, whatever, if you want to, but it's a. It's a fun group of people, and we're definitely open to anybody who wants to just come by. Uh, and I also say, don't stop at the tailgate, because one of the things that I love about Brightleaf is I've been, you know, in other supporter sections of soccer games where it's like they want you to stand when they stand, and they want you to cheer when they cheer. But the Brightleaf was never like that. They were always mm -hmm. like, you you know, if you want to sit and watch the game, that's cool. If you want to stand up and bang a drum and yep. yell, it, it all works, and everyone's happy yep. to see you do it and be a part of it. At the end of the day, we just want more fans there in mm -hmm. the stadium, you know, watching the watching the game. And so, you know, whoever wants to come out, however you want to cheer, is, is, is totally cool. We just want more people there supporting the team, and that's what we're, we're trying to build. I think what, what makes this team unique, what makes Brightleaf unique, is that it is we, uh, our identity is, is who is a part of it, and who is a part of it is everyone, and we want their, you know, the people's talents and gifts and just who they want to share as themselves and such and just be be a part of it this is a there is no trying to fit into anything um this is for the community from the community just come out and have fun um watching the game supporting tobacco road um and being part of the community <coughs> membership fee is a handshake <laughs> <laughs> so where can everyone um find brightleaf on social media uh, Twitter, follow us at Barra Bull City. Um, we're fairly active on there. We're trying to do, you know, help out Tobacco Road with some of their social media promotion, um, you know, and, and help advertise the team. Definitely follow us there. We have an Instagram account that is uh, at Brightly Battalion. Um, that's what we, oh, we have a we Facebook too. We have a Facebook group. Um, also, Bright, it's Brightly Battalion. We post uh, events and games and stuff on there, um, articles, yeah. So there will also be a watch party for the Champions League match, correct? Correct, on the 26th. I can't remember if it's a Saturday or Sunday. Saturday. Saturday, 
Um, yeah, we'll be at Divines watching the Champions League final between Liverpool and Real Madrid. Um, and just, again, come on out, watch some soccer, um, chance to get to know people, and just, mm-hmm. again, it's just all about the a, a soccer-loving community and uh, Durham-loving community and just um, getting to know each other and, and support the team and watch some soccer. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for meeting today and recording this episode. Thank, Thank you, you for all your yeah. coverage and everything, man. Soccer Sweet Tea is the, is the best. We love you yes. guys. I just want to say thank you to the guys at Brightleaf for making this pod happen. Um, I had a great time recording it with them, finding out some more information about the supporters group. And just want to let you guys know that we will have another episode coming out this week after the Myrtle Beach game. Um, expect an article on that too for myself.